Monumental Sports and Entertainment along with Pressbox presents Stan the Fan's Bat Around. For the next two hours, listen in as Stan the Fan bats around all manner of topics pertaining to the great game of baseball with their great group of guest contributors. Feel free to tweet your questions to Stan at Stan the Fan. Now sit back and enjoy the Bat Around. Stan, take it away. And a very pleasant good morning to each and every one of you on this Saturday, the 26th of October. Boy, has the month of October flown by. No kidding. I'll be flying. That's the voice of Kyle Ottenheimer who's filling in today so capably for our young uh, friend, Ryan McGittigan. I guess he's got Towson Athletics. They uh, keep them busy. They, they do keep them busy. Well, I appreciate your coming in. Absolutely. Let me set the stage for what we've got. First of all, we know we got a World Series now that's going to go at least five games as the Houston Astros came back in uh, very positive fashion last night and won that ball game 4-1 to at Nats Park uh, before a packed house, and they will have one tonight. And it will include yours truly. I have not been to a World Series game. It hasn't, Kyle, been, it hasn't been quite as long as D.C. hosting one. Right. No. <laughs> not quite as long. Yeah. But uh, it's been a long time. Uh, my last World Series game was probably game two of the 1983 World Series. I think game one was rained out. Yeah. Mike Boddicker pitched game two. Okay. I mean game one and won the game. I can't tell you. I guess McGregor won game two, I think. I, I can't even remember whether it was 2-0. Right. But we ended up winning the series in five games, so we never got a game six or seven. Well, yet. I know that Glenn had mentioned throughout the course of the week on Glenn Clark Radio, he said late in the week that his buddy had was was so excited to see the D.C. You know, the yeah. team play in the World Series in D.C. Yeah. And before the series started, uh, game four tickets were very cheap. Right. Because people were like, well, this is inconsequential, most likely. Right. So he bought Game 5 tickets. Right. And for a while there, he was getting he was, very worried as yeah, to whether or not he, had, he should try and trade them in and make them right. Game 4 tickets. But right. I think that he's probably uh, equal parts relieved and nervous after last night. Yeah. And uh, it shapes up for a little bit more of an exciting finish, uh, well, I they, would think. I, I, I hope I don't prompt about 12 phone calls from friends of mine who go, why didn't you call me? But I had a buddy. You had to buy th- a strip of three. Okay. Okay. Three games. Yeah. So, uh, and the tickets are the, that I ended up getting are two hundred and ninety dollars a ticket. They're not cheap to get. There, I right? have yeah. never paid two hundred and ninety dollars for a ticket. You got a deal, considering I think the cheapest ticket as of yesterday was over a thousand. Okay. Yeah. Well, these are also pretty good seats because these are face value seats. So anyway, I kept game four. And I'm going with an old friend of mine who's a big Nats fan sure. and has lived in D.C. for about 25 years plus. Uh, and he went with a buddy of his last night with the tickets that I got. Okay. And then a friend of mine through my friend Steve Jeppe, yep. uh, this guy Kurt is the – I won't give his full name on the air. But he is – there's not a bigger baseball fan. You know, I'm called Stan statement. the Fan. Yeah, that's a bold he statement. is an unbelievable fan and an unbelievable Orioles fan. But he he said he would take the game five seats, 
and it looked last night I watched the game with him, and he was sweating because he wanted to go to a game really bad. So, so then I have a question for you. Are, yeah. are you are you the type going to this game yeah. who is just happy, baseline happy, to go to a World Series game, or do you have any extra amount of interest in this because of I, D.C.? I was born in Washington, D.C., okay. and I was a Washington Senators fan from the age of about three. Sure. Then we moved to Baltimore when my dad died in 1958. So we we, we moved to Baltimore. I remained a, Nash, uh, a Senators right. fan. And then the new expansion team came in 61 after this team left to go to Minnesota. And I rooted for that team until they left uh, they left town. I was not a big Orioles fan until until the, Nash, the Senators moved to Dallas, and then okay. I became an Orioles fan, and I've been a huge Orioles fan, and they've become a huge part of my life. I am more excited just to go as a baseball sure. fan. To see the and atmosphere. So, and right. soak up the atmosphere. I mean, you see pictures, and it's not often that you see the baseball stadiums filled to the brim anymore. Yep. And... Yep. You can't take a picture in one of these parks right now without being in the way and blocked by somebody's shoulder or somebody's head, and that's the way that I think that you know real baseball fans love to see the game. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, I'm glad I'm not going to Game Five. Uh, I don't like the trip that back and forth. Yeah. And my buddy said I could stay at his place. Sure. But I also don't like paying two ninety for a ticket. Uh, I don't make that kind of money. But, uh, yeah. but for one game, I'm excited to be going tonight, and it will be the matchup of uh, – uh, is is his first name Jose Urquidy? Urquidy? O-R-Q-U-I-D-D-Y, I think is how you spell it, but his first name escapes me. I will I find think it, it is Jose Urquidy. U-R-Q-I-D-D-Y. Yeah, and he will be going – against uh, Patrick Corbin tonight. It is Jose, yes. Jose yeah, Jose Urquidy. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's on paper. You like the Nationals matchup. Like, like the national Nationals' chances, uh, they can pound you with a lot of right-handed hitters, the Houston Astros, including... Move the guys in from scoring position this time. Including, well, last <laughs> night was... Uh, they fielded poorly, and they hit in the clutch poorly. They had more than enough chances... Uh, and it'll be interesting. They had a lot of trouble with Zach Granke's slow curveball last night. It'll be interesting if that's the scouting report, and that's what these guys get continue to get pounded with. I think because certainly in games one and two, they hit Cole sure. and Verlander fairly well. Maybe that's the velocity thing, right? Yeah. Like I think nowadays people are. I mean, I remember back a couple of years back when the Astros were first breaking through, hearing when Carlos Beltran was there, they would set the jug machine up 40 feet away from home plate and mm -hmm. crank it up to as fast as possible to try to get the hitters acclimated to the right. velocity that they're going to be seeing. And I think Grinky, with a little bit more guile maybe, was able to get, and credit to him for when he entered the game having so many questions about how he yep. was going to be he handling tough performances and spots, he pitched great with guys in scoring position last yeah. night. It's, it's still interesting, though. He did not qualify for a win. Know, he yeah. pitched four and uh, third innings, uh, didn't get through the fifth, and uh, the winning pitcher in that game was uh, – was, was it Peacock? Josh James? Peacock came in at one point. James came in to end the inning at, um, after his sure, four and third, four yeah, and a third right. or four and two thirds. I think he got the win because Peacock didn't. I, I'm not sure. The official scorer then can actually give it to another guy who pitches longer and quote unquote right. better. One of the at reasons his the win statistic is so you know yeah yeah fun. Well, anyway, tonight will be Corbin versus Urquidy or Ur 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 
And then tomorrow night, game five, which we know we will have now, will feature uh, Garrett Cole back against Max Scherzer in what figures to be an incredible Sunday night matchup. Here's what we've got on the show for you today. Uh, at uh, 1.30 this afternoon, and that's not part yeah, of the show. Like, wait, huh? Yeah, uh, 1.30 to 2.30, Babe Ruth Museum birthplace uh, on Emory Street or Emory Place. I will be there with Steve Molesky of Masson, and that's, we will be I'm conducting. I'm sure the reason you're looking so dapper. Yep, yeah, and we will be there for a baseball forum, and we hope some folks will stop down there. Uh, and please do that. We will have Sean Hearn on, the director of the Babe Ruth Museum and Birthplace, in just a couple minutes <clears throat> to talk about what else is going on at the museum when they don't have these baseball forums. 1040, our friend Bill Latson, who covered the Nationals when they first moved from Montreal. He is now a columnist with MLB.com, and he will join us at 1040. And then at 11.05, I've been looking forward to this for a long while, Mo Gabba. The one and only. The one and only inspiration will be with us from 11.05 to about 11.20, 11.25, whatever. We'll talk to Mo about how he's feeling, uh, his recent trip to Salt Lake City, what it's been like to become such a celebrity uh, what school is like, and uh, we'll talk to Mo Gabba. I'm really excited about that. I've talked to him a couple times off the air. And I have to tell you, you know what one of the litmus tests is that he's a special kid is when I first heard him yeah. probably two and a half years ago on the show with Scott and Jeremy uh, on 105.7 yeah. The Fan, I said, who, who is this kid and why, is, why are they giving him so much? But he was so positive and excited and passionate about sports and making predictions and all that i didn't know that he was fighting cancer sure. and didn't know he was blind uh and thought he was a special of kid course, there right. you know uh so um it was kind of like president obama yesterday saying about uh, elijah cummings that he was an honorable man before he became course, the honorable right. uh, Elijah Cummings. Uh, that's the title they uh, give you uh, when you become a congress congressman or congressperson. So anyway, Mo Gabba is going to be with us, uh, and I just wrote down that he's an inspiration. I mean, the, the perspective that he's, you know, I mean, a lot of people go through their day-to-day and get hung up on one thing or another. Yeah, uh, we get stressed out right. over things that really uh, he he doesn't get stressed Correct. out over. All right. Then at 1130, uh, Craig Heist will join us to give us uh, his updates and insights right? firsthand on the World Series. By the way, Craig wanted to come in today. I was talking to him yesterday about 4 o'clock, and I said, why are you going to come in? You're probably not going to get home until 2 o'clock. Right. You know, just relax yeah, and do a better job. You know, uh, you got you got to get right back to cover, out to the yeah. ball. Right. So anyway, uh, he will join us uh, at that particular time. But let me get a couple spots out of the way because, boy, this show now is chock full of spots, and that's always good news when you're in the the radio business sure per thing. se or whatever we call this business. <laughs> now, what happened? Here it is. The Batter Round is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One synthetic, full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. And then we'll tell you about what's coming up at the Live Casino Hotel. I wish we had these in. Uh, here we go. Some great lots, events. I know that much. Lots of great events are coming up in the live event center at Live Casino Hotel during the rest of 2019. And it's time to also mention that we're broadcasting 
from the Live Casino Hotel Studios and happy to be doing so. Some of the shows coming up uh, this month include Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Michael Bolton on Saturday, November 30th. Tickets open at 8.30. Tickets start at just $45.50. Get your tickets now by going to livecasinohotel.com. And I want to give you a little bit of advice out there, folks. If you think this is a show you're going to want to get to, and I've been going to some concerts now. I don't know why you wouldn't want to get there. You'd want to get these tickets at that price now, $45.50 to see a concert. Michael Bolton, intimate room, great acoustics, and uh, you can't beat that price for a concert there in the casinos because of how Turn big into a they night, are yeah. uh, because of how big they are and how much money is always in play. They're able to give you a really solid price on these things because they're not trying to correct. really make the money on the it's shows. They're trying You're to there. get people yeah, correct, out there. Yeah. All right, uh, and then I'm going to do the uh, Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation. Great time. Halloween costume I mean, party. It's Halloween weekend right now. I know the actual holiday is like, was it Thursday or Wednesday. I think. I think I it's think. Thursday. Yeah. Well. Join the Bradley and Nikki Bozeman Foundation Halloween costume party with honorary hosts from the Ravens, including Lamar Jackson, RG3, Justin Tucker, and other Ravens players on October 29th at the Woodhome Country Club. Go to bradnickybozeman.com, and you spell Bozeman, B-O-Z-E-M-A-N, Brad Nikki, N-I-K-K-I, bozeman.com for details and tickets. That's Nikki with two K's. So, again, it's bradnickybozeman.com for details and tickets. Pick your best costume and join your favorite players. Go to bradnickybozeman.com and get your tickets now. What are you going as, uh, uh, Kyle? I had a brilliant idea. I'm not the best costume guy on Halloween in that, like, I don't really like spending a whole lot of money and then planning ahead. and just it's, it's, I like to be as thrifty and creative as possible. And I was driving on a long spell back from New York from a wedding right. on the highway, mm-hmm. the Jersey Turnpike to be precise, lovely. Uh, and I was behind a big truck at one point. And you decided to go as a big truck. Now, you know how they have the yellow the yellow signs draped across the back that say oversized load? Yeah. I think I'm just going to make that and put it across my back. So you're I'm a pretty go, large guy. I'm a pretty big individual. So you're going to go as an oversized load. In fact, I think right. I am. All right. Well, that's a very creative <laughs> Thank bit. Thank you. Creative. I'm going to go with Stan the Fan. Anyway, we're going to make our connections with Sean Hearn and uh, remind you again that we are broadcasting from the live Casino Hotel Studios. And since we got a second, let me do one of my other reads today. Support Team Up for One and their goal to connect children with challenges to the experience of team sports by attending their fourth annual, boy, they've been around four years already, that's amazing, Sports Leadership Awards honoring women in sports on Saturday, November 2nd. This year's honorees include skating champion Kimmy Meisner, Paralympic gold medalist Becca Myers, and others. For complete information and tickets, go to teamupforone.org. That is teamupforone.org with the number one. And I'll be there. Uh, my wife will be there, and uh, we're happy to be going to that. Okay, so uh, we should be we should be hooked up with our guest Sean Hearn in just a moment. And I am writing down that we did that one. All right, is 
Are we calling Sean on a different number? Okay. Uh, reminder that uh, we've got another Ross Grimsley show Tuesday morning at 9 to about 9.45. The Ross Grimsley show is available to you at pressboxonline.com slash radio or on Facebook Live by going to facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports. And we urge you, by the way, I've already liked and shared the show. If you could please do the same thing, we'd really appreciate it because that's how we build up some numbers uh, that prove to our advertisers that people are actually paying attention to the show. So please like and share the program if you're joining us on Pressbox Live, Pre- Facebook Live by going to facebook.com slash Sports. Joining us now is the director of the Babe Ruth Museum and Birthplace, uh, our friend Sean Hearn. Sean, how are you? Thank you for joining me today. I'm great, Stan. Thanks for having me on. Uh, wanted to find out. I know that I'm coming in today at 1.30. I'll be there before that. Uh, so you don't have to sweat it. I'll be there by no later than one fifteen. Steve Molesky and I are going to be doing a little bit of a baseball forum. How have the other two gone so far? Well, we've only done one so far. Oh, okay. We've got one more left to do. And you know what? I really like the format because it's it's the end of the season. I think we're kind of past the emotion now of the past season, so we can kind of sit there and, and reflect after having taken a breath on, on what happened, who were the standouts, who were the surprises, who weren't, you know, what we expected, and, um, and where we go from here. And I, I think it, it's going to give us a lot of things to think about in the offseason. All right. Well, we're happy to be doing it today uh, at one thirty to 2.30. Um, who else? The last one was Rich Dubroff, and who else was with Rich? Uh, Ross Grimsley Ross and Mike Grimsley. Bordick. Okay, so that was a good one. And what's the one coming up after this one? We're still working on that lineup. We should probably have it uh, in the next day or so confirmed. All right, great. You'll let us know, and we'll help I plug will. it here on Pressbox. So tell us what's new at the Babe Ruth Museum and Birthplace aside from these events, Sean. Well, uh, we're looking at uh, doing a whole bunch of things. Of course, we have a gala coming up, our tribute to Johnny Holiday. Uh, which will be November 12th. And, you know, Johnny's an interesting person to honor right now because he was with, you know, he's been with the University of Maryland for so long, um, but he was also with the, the Washington Nationals. And uh, it, it's kind of fun and interesting now to watch the Nationals and, uh, and to get Johnny's perspective on that. So we're looking forward to that event in particular. And uh, then it's into the holiday programming and, and getting ready for uh, Christmas and Hanukkah and and New Year's and uh, and going from there. So looking at doing some new public programs, um, things to do in the off-season, things like this, and then, of course, uh, looking at next year, uh, starting in the uh, late winter, early spring, we're looking at the 100th anniversary of the Negro Leagues. And, of course, Baltimore had two outstanding Negro League teams in the Black Sox and the Elite Giants. And we're going to be doing some programming around uh, around those themes as well. That's exciting. That's exciting. Uh, anything special coming up for the holidays to try and get while kids are off of school and all that? Uh, will things be available for families to go out, to come to the, the birthplace? Yeah, we're going to start offering weekend tours uh, for families. And hopefully we'll be able to uh, bring out some items from the collection. Um, so folks will get a sneak peek at some of the things that, we don't normally have out on display and uh you know people forget that you know we we 
own the Orioles' 83 World Series trophy. We own the Colts' Super Bowl V trophy. Uh, we hope to get those out on display so people can come and get their pictures taken with them. And um, a few other things, like right now we have Johnny Unitas's silver tea set. And when he was named the MVP of the 1959 championship game, not 58, but 59, uh, for being the MVP, he got a silver tea set uh, rather than a ring or a watch. And uh, cute story, and uh, it's currently out on display. So we're going to do more things like that. What kind of stuff uh, can people come to expect, I think, from, from the Negro League exhibit? I think it's such an undertold story yeah. in, in the baseball lore that anything that I think can shine light on that history is spectacular. I think we're going to do more in terms of programming, and we're looking at, at doing some things with our partners um, we've had some uh, conversations with, the, of course, the uh, Negro Leagues Museum here in Baltimore, uh, Leon Day Foundation, uh, and also the Oriel Advocates Charitable Foundation. I think we have a lot of topics to discuss in light of the Negro Leagues, um, and, you know, the, sort of the Jackie Robinson legacy um, and, and others as sure. we are at the 100-year point um, and we look at some of the, the current topics in baseball and in sports in general. Um, where are we and where are we going? You know, one of the things that the museum likes to, to champion is that sports is a unifier. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the one thing, whether it's nine innings, four quarters, uh, three periods, whatever, that people from all walks of life, gender, economic backgrounds, religion, whatever, can come together and share an experience. Sports unite us, um, especially at a time where it seems like everything else is dividing us. We're talking with Sean Hearn, who's director of the Babe Ruth Museum and Birthplace. Again, Steve Molesky, if you've just kind of woken up and you're wondering what to do and you're a big baseball fan and you're excited about the current World Series going on just down the road in Washington, um, we urge you to come down to see both Steve Molesky and myself on an Orioles baseball forum uh, from 1.30 to 2.30 at the Babe Ruth Museum and Birthplace over there on Emory Place. Um, wanted to ask you, as an historian, it's been pretty fascinating that, uh, you know, we've, we've gotten caught up over the last, say, 15 years with the Red Sox winning their first World Series in, what, 85 years, then the White Sox winning for the first time in a long time, the Cubs that we've kind of forgotten that Washington had not had a World Series game in their midst since 1934, I believe. Yeah, 33 or 34. And, yep. and, you know, it's great for Washington. I grew up as an Expos fan, so, you know, the, the Nats are my National League club, always have been, so I'm, I'm thrilled for them. And you know what? For, for historians like you and I, when you look at some of those teams and, and the long histories, um, that means that at some point soon here it's coming back to the Orioles. Um, and I'm, I'm still convinced that this rebuild is, in, is going in the right direction. We're doing the things that a club needs to do to, to uh, play in modern baseball. And, um, you know, I'm not going to predict that we're, we're going to bring anything home soon. Um, but, uh, you know, our, our time is coming. So I, I, feel, uh, the same, I feel the same way. Uh, it was interesting. I had, you remember the boxing promoter and manager, Rock Newman? Yes. Yeah, Rock handled Riddick Bow for a long time. Uh, I saw him put a picture on Facebook last Friday, uh, Thursday, I think it was, uh, when they when they locked in that they were going to the World Series. It was a picture of him at Nats Park by himself in a red uh, national sweater, 
And I said, hey, Rock, and I don't know him. I f- sent him a Facebook email, said, would you be willing to come on my show Saturday? Well, you know, I'm wondering if you're a long-suffering Nats fan or recent vintage since they moved from Montreal. And we started to communicate during the few days before he came on the show. Turns out that he saw his first game at Griffith Stadium, which is where I saw my first game. He saw his in 1957 when he was four. We're both the same age. I think I got there either the year or even two years earlier than that. But interesting to talk to somebody who was a Washington baseball fan for that long and think about what it's like we here in Baltimore kind of take the Ravens for granted a little bit now. But we had a period of time from after the 83 season until the Ravens moved here from Cleveland as the Browns. Uh, We had about 12, 13 years of no football here. They had no baseball in Washington for, what, 34 years? At least that. Yeah, at at least that. You know, yeah, we've been on both sides, Uh, winning side, the losing side. Um, I think one of the most amazing things about Baltimore fans is is they hang in there. Um, And um, and I'm excited to be one of them. And, you know, your point, um, you know, again, you know, sports is a unifier. It can bring people together um, who've never met each other, and you'll find some commonality. And, uh, you know, we're passionate in, in, this, in this town, and we're passionate in this uh, state over our sports, as we should be. And um, I'm excited for this afternoon because, as again, I think, you know, now that some of the emotion has kind of uh, died down a little bit, we can kind of sit back, look at things um, objectively, look at some of the, the, the names that we didn't expect to, to jump out at us, like, you know, Hanser Alberto and... Anthony Santander and, and others, um, Austin Hayes, my favorite, um, and um, and uh, look at some of the others and say, uh, okay, where do we go from here? You use the word passion, and Baltimore sports fans are are passionate. Uh, you have a passion for what you do as director of the Babe, Babe Ruth Museum birthplace. Can you take about sixty to ninety seconds to tell people? who might be listening and have never taken the time uh, or view it as, ah, what's down there for me to see that I've never seen before or or I don't like museums. What is so special about the place that you work at and love? Well, of course, I'm a little biased, but we think... I expected that. I expected that. (laughs) We think the Babe Ruth birthplace is is hallowed ground in sports. Um, Here's the man that is largely believed to be the greatest baseball player to ever play the game, uh, not just in this country, but worldwide. Um, he comes out of the shadows of the streets of Baltimore. He's the, the most successful American dream story, a kid from the streets who grows up in a reform school to become you know, the greatest celebrity of his era um, and the greatest baseball player. He changed not just baseball, but he changed our culture. Um, we still use the phrase Ruthian um, when we try to describe things that are, that are you know, incredible and, and monumentous. And, you know, we here at the museum look at not just what he did on the field, but him as a man and him as a person, a husband, a father, um, but also how he shaped our understanding of baseball. Um, we have things here... For example, we have his wife's wedding dress on display, not something you would expect normally at a sports museum, but it's an important part of the story of who Babe Ruth was 
And um, so I think whether you're a baseball fan or not, you'll find something interesting and something you'll enjoy. We tell the story of how the Star Spangled Banner first started being played at sporting events. Of course, Baltimore is the birthplace of the Star Spangled Banner, and our guy had something to do with it. Um, and, of course, now the Star Spangled Banner is one of those topics that's still hot in sports. Um, we encourage people to come down and, and learn how it first started being played at sporting events and why it became an important part of our sports culture. So, I mean, those are some of the things. I could go on and on forever. You know, you know I know you, you could. I, I, I know I, you I, could. I can talk forever. So. All right. So what's the deal today? Uh, how should people, do they need to buy tickets to get into the forum today with Steve and myself? Steve no Oleski special ticket required. It's just included with admission to the museum. All right. Uh, I think it's going to be an open forum. I'm, I'm dating myself a little bit here because I, I tell people it's going to be the old Phil Donahue format. But <laughs> only only people of a certain age remember who Phil Donahue was. So I'm going to be the MC. Um, but I don't think I'm going to have a very difficult job because I've got two of the professors of Maryland sports um, uh, uh, doing the talking. So... Uh, this will be an easy one for me, but I think fans will have an opportunity to ask questions as well. And uh, I think it's going to be a fun and and, uh, and nice discussion. All right. We'll look forward to it. I'll be there about 1.15, uh, Sean, uh, and I'll look forward to it. Thank you for coming on and promote the event. And let us know when the date for the third and final Orioles Forum is, okay? I'll get it to you as soon as I got it. All right. Thank you. There you go, Sean Hearn. We appreciate his joining us. Right now, before we we hook up with Bill Latson of MLB.com at 1040, we're going to take a commercial break, and I'm going to pose you a question. Do you want to know what's going on this season in high school football throughout the state of Maryland? Well then, tune in to the Press Box High School Football Show with Booker Corrigan and legendary former McDonough coach Dom D'Amico. The guys will discuss everything happening at both the private and public school levels. The show airs every Monday at 12.30 p.m. right after the Glenn Clark Radio Show. Watch at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. And please, all of our shows, please like them and share them. And we're getting some terrific numbers on those shows. Hey, one of our loyal sponsors is Sliders, which is uh, Baltimore's favorite sports bar, and it's just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill just steps from Camden Yards. It's the perfect sports bar for Ravens and Cap season with all the games on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wingding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week. Join Sliders for the Ravens game on November 10th and be there for the annual Sliders Chili Cook-Off. I know Kyle will be there. Think your chili is the best? You can register for $10 and enter to win the title. Sliders for all your sports and a chance to sample Baltimore's best chili recipes. And I've got one more thing I wanted to tell you about, and that's my good friend's at GBT. We're proud to have them back on as a sponsor. Uh, They are located, Glen Burnie Transmissions, or as we all call them, GBT. They're located right in the heart of Glen Burnie. For almost 60 years, they've been there. If you suspect you're having a transmission problem, GBT can save you hundreds of dollars over taking it to the dealers for repair. Make an appointment for a free diagnostic and estimate. Call GBT 
at 855-728-1841. That's 855-728-1841. Their mission is simple, folks, to provide excellent service at a reasonable price. Go to their website, gbt-online.com, to check out all of their five-star reviews. Let my friend Mark Schwartzman and his GB team Take the troubles out of transmission troubles. Call them today at 855-728-1841. Around here, there are two kinds of chicken. Royal Farms' world-famous chicken and everything else. What's the difference? Royal Farms chicken is always fresh, never frozen. It's hand-dipped in a secret recipe of herbs and spices and cooked on the spot right in the store. Chicken from anywhere else? Who knows? Hungry for some hot and delicious chicken? Get some Royal Farms World Famous Chicken. It's one of a kind. And don't forget the Western fries. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Ravens and Cap season with all the games on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more with different drink specials every day of the week. Sliders celebrates Halloween on Saturday, October 26th from 7 p.m. till 2 a.m. Put on your costume and join the fun with drink specials, prize and fun all night long. Sliders for all of your sports and some spooky Halloween fun. Want to know what's going on in high school football this season throughout the state of Maryland? Tune in to the Press Box High School Football Show with Booker Corrigan and legendary former McDonough coach Dom D'Amico. The guys will discuss everything happening at the private and public school levels, players and teams to watch, upcoming games, and so much more. Every Monday at 12.30 p.m., watch the show at facebook.com slash pressboxsports. Listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio for the Press Box High School Football Show. Check out Costa in at 4100 North Point Boulevard. They're known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes. And their nightly specials also include crab cake night on Monday, rib night on Tuesday, steak night on Wednesdays with a half-priced bottle of wine, and lobster night on Thursdays. Check out costazen.com to find out more. And the delicious crab cakes are shipped anywhere. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square offers a better way to tailgate with football and nuggets. You can now pick up a 30-count Chick-fil-A nugget in a football-shaped container and if it would be helpful, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square can half-cook it, leaving you the opportunity to heat it the rest of the way just in time for your party. And now Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square offers their three-cheese mac and cheese. Cheddar, Parmesan, and Romano combine in this classic side, baked fresh in the restaurant. Download the Chick-fil-A app, place your order, and pile up Chick-fil-A bonus points good for free food. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, 5198 Campbell Boulevard. Call Steve if you'd like your party catered by Chick-fil-A, 410 410- 931-0031, Chick-fil-A, Nottingham Square. This is former Turf AJ Francis, just here to let you know that I am a huge wrestling fan. I know you are too. And there's a lot of stupid idiots out there that ruin the wrestling podcast experience for everyone else. Hey, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. I don't understand why people would ever cheer for Roman Reigns. He's awful. I'm sick of it. Boo! Boo Roman Reigns! Never wrestled for Ring of Honor. Never wrestled for PWG. Never wrestled Uh, in Japan. He is no Kenny Omega. Too sweet me, bro. I hate both of you. And this is why I keep stupid idiots like you on my list. This is your boy Y2AJ here to save you. Find Jobbing Out, the podcast tab at PressBoxOnline.com on SoundCloud or iTunes.
Oh, we are back on the bat around again. We urge you, uh, if you are watching on Facebook Live, please like and share the program. We started a project. Uh, it was, it's not like a nonprofit foundation, but we started sort of Project Twelve to Fourteen by trying to get up the twelve to fourteen likes. It seems like uh, likes and shares. It seems like uh, Kyle, a show like this, we automatically get five or six by mentioning it a couple times. And if you push it a little bit more, people will accommodate you because it's really not that hard to like and share the program, is it? No, no. It's painless. Absolutely painless, which is one of the beautiful things about Facebook. Well, one of the, yeah, Facebook has its beautiful things and it has its problems, but we yes. like to uh, use the beautiful things to our advantage. That's for sure. exactly correct. Yeah, <laughs> they do have some problems. Uh, not not uh, Zuckerberg's no. uh, f- finest moment no. uh, <laughs> testifying before Congress the other day. Actually testifying because he was trying to get yeah. some new crypto more, more rights. Yeah. yeah. More rights to our information. Yeah, beautiful, thing. beautiful. I don't think he's gonna get those rights uh, at this point not. in time. Let's the environment is not exactly yeah. correct for that. I think he uh, he's gonna go back to the <laughs> drawing board. That was one of the most pathetic performances from an obviously bright guy sure. who let's face it, anybody that does what he does. They, it's great to have an idea, and it's amazing that you execute it. Sure. But he's, it takes a lot of luck in one idea. Sure. Coming up with the second idea is really very interesting. Or, or managing the beast. Yeah, and he's not doing a great job yeah. at managing the beast. But so we don't get cut off, we'll move sure. on. Um, before we get... Uh, they wanted to touch on a little Ravens before we get yeah, to Bill Yeah, before Latson. Bill Latson comes on, uh, the Ravens have the bye week this week, so there will be no Project Game Day Indeed. today, uh, tomorrow. Uh, but your thoughts on Sunday's victory in Seattle? I myself, I'm, I know I'm asking you the question, it wasn't a shock to me. I thought the game was going to be a close game. Sure. I took the Ravens in the three-and-a-half points. But uh, I was pleasantly surprised. I, too, took them for the three and a half, but I wasn't all that confident in the pick. It was more out of hope, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the end of the day, the reason I felt at least comfortable enough to take it even in hope was Lamar Jackson, right? Like, you, for the first time, Ravens fans have a player on offense who lined up against the defense. And puts the defense on the defensive. They're, They're... they don't know exactly how to stop him, right? Like, and that's a beautiful thing. It's sure there's risk involved here and there, and there will be times where his spectacular athleticism and skill will probably cost them due to his maybe decision making. But in any given game, you feel like you've got a chance. And the run game, the defense, look, it's clear that it's helped them when they have more time to rest. And Marcus Peters, it was nice to see him contribute right out the gate. Pass rush is still a concern. Pass catchers outside of Marquise Brown, still somewhat of a concern, in particular wide receivers. But at the end of the day, they still have Lamar Jackson. And when Bill Belichick schemes and tries to figure out how they're going to beat the Ravens, their number one concern is going to be containing and trying to keep Lamar Jackson contained. And that's easier said than done, which is what makes it exciting. So two weeks ago, the home game against – who did they play at home two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, they played at home against Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yes. So I didn't know going to that game. My brother called me at the last minute and said, you want to go to the game? And uh, I'll take a free ticket. Of course. Uh, Because it averages out my 290 that I'm paying tonight for the – 
But uh, Marquise Brown was a late scratch. Yeah. What happened, and why isn't he ready to play? It was will he be I'd, ready when they come back from the bye? I think it was either like a hamstring or an ankle. But it, look, he's that was the concern with him coming out is he's undersized. His slight frame is not necessarily suited for the rigors of an NFL you know season and the physicality of it all. But when he's healthy and when he's on the field, you see the difference he makes and you see the separation he creates. So. I guess hopefully this isn't something that every year you have to kind of allot three or four games for Marquise Brown that he's going to miss um, because you see the, the difference is tangible when he's on the field. Um, but he will be back this week, which is a positive. You mentioned something, and I, I have some questions about the wide receivers, yeah. but it does look like he's developing a little bit more trust in Miles Boykin yeah. uh, and that Boykin over the course of a full season is first might become more important but what the hell's happened to Chris Moore? I was very impressed with Moore's growth last year, sure. which was already his third season, I believe, He's in the league. I, had flashes, year, right? Like yeah. Moore, I would describe as a guy who will surprise you at times, but he's never been a consistent contributor. Um, for what it's worth, I expected him to be more involved at the beginning of the I season as well. But I'm not upset that they want to give that time to Boykin. I hope Boykin can continue to seize that. Yeah. And I, I wonder how much blocking plays into it. I think Boykin is a very large receiver. I'm not yeah. sure whether his physicality out there is you know, what tips the scale in his favor. But um, Moore is not signed beyond this year. So yeah, I mean, his I value is best. Most value is on special teams at yeah. this point. So yeah. it's, a sh- it's in the sense that they've lacked targets and they've lacked productivity out of the position. You'd think if he were that good he probably would be knocking down the door but all right yeah we'll get back to baseball now we're going to make our connection with bill latson of mlb.com and uh excited to talk to him about uh some of the managerial uh maneuverings that have been going on and also about uh, the piece he did for mlb.com about a week ago uh on billy uh, on nikki hatcher not billy hatcher uh, and we'll look forward to talking to Bill Latson in just a moment. We want to remind you that we are in the live casino hotel studios where we do the bat around each and every Saturday morning. And that's also the site of the Glenn Clark radio show Monday through Friday from 10 to 12. Joining us now is my friend Bill Latson, who always, when he comes on, is so happy when Craig Heist is home. Bill Latson, right. how are you, my friend? Doing great. How about you? I'm doing fantastic. Hey, obviously we'll talk a little bit about the World Series in just a couple minutes, but I wanted to ask you your thoughts on uh, what appears now to be the third, the fourth job, actually, that's going to be taken in this managerial merry-go-round. It, it, there's talk in New York that Eduardo, Eduardo Perez, not Eduardo Rodriguez, Eduardo Perez the uh, ESPN guy and on uh, XM yes. Radio, he appears yes. to be a big favorite to to nab the Mets job. That was surprising to me. Um, they would give it to a guy with uh, no experience. Now, I know other teams have done it, but uh, I know he's been up for managerial spots before, but uh, I don't know. I, you I know, know, I I actually think he's he's been a bench coach a couple places, I believe. Right, uh, and a hitting coach. And a hitting coach. And I just, there's something about him. I think it's an out-of-the-box move. And I think to start off with, the Brody Van Wagenen hire was an out-of-the-box move. I'm not saying it'll definitely be a success, but I think it's very interesting. 
Yes, I, but the good thing, if, if it is Perez, mm-hmm. he has the talent to at least win a division. I mean, the Mets talent, I've been going to those games uh, quite a bit uh, this past season, and uh, I'm telling you, the Mets are pretty good. So I think he'll, you know, if it, it, if it is him, I think uh, he has the talent to win. Do you think, like I do, that Joe Girardi wanted the Mets job because obviously you'd prefer to have uh, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Mats, and and Marcus Stroman, and maybe Zach Wheeler uh, if they can re-sign him, but I don't think they will. But you, you know he preferred to have that pitching staff to what he's got in Philly, but I think he accurately read the tea leaves that he was not really going to be pursued and jumped at the chance to take the Phillies' job. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to say this to you, uh, Stan. Yeah. I think it's a crime Joe Girardi hasn't been a manager the last two years. Yeah. I mean, they're saying that he can't deal with young players. I mean, that's a flat-out lie. Mm-hmm. I mean, all you guys did a great job at the Marlins with young that's players. Correct. That's correct. Yeah. That's what I mean. And uh, he did a great job with the Yankees, which, which was a young team in 2017. They almost went to the World Series. And, uh, you know, uh, and I think he'll, he'll do a great job uh, with the Phillies. Even though he doesn't have the pitching right now, I think he'll find a way to make sure that, um, you know, they'll be in contention all year, unlike it was under Gabe Kapler. I think he's a terrific fit uh, there. Um, your thoughts? No your thoughts now... Is it merely going to be that Buck Showalter replaces Joe Girardi on MLB uh, TV? You know, and, and well, he, he's, he's, he's done the job, and I don't know if you know this or not, but he was on Yes uh, during uh, the entire postseason. He did a great job. Yeah, he did a great job. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he's, he's, like, he's terrific on television. Yeah. So I hope he goes back there. But uh, I think he'll definitely do some yes stuff. But unlike Girardi, I guess it was too awkward with Girardi just having left the Yankees. They're happy to have Buck Showalter back. But I, I wonder if he'll just sort of camp out in New York and float between the two. Uh, it could be. Yeah. It could be. Because he, hey, you know, that's another ahead. manager. That's another guy saying it's a crime that he's not managing. He should be managing somewhere. Well, he's definitely a great game manager. I think his reputation as sort of the micromanager, and I think at his, and I hate to say it because I'm older than he is, but I think the age factor plays into the notion that he's not accepting of the analytic, the analytical approach uh, and that he, he would, you know, Buck will say a lot of great things, and he'll talk circles around anybody, and he's one of the smartest guys in any room, but there can be a perception that he's sort of okie-dokieing me, you know, if, if you know what I mean. Right, yes, I know what you mean. All right. But still, the guy's a great manager, and let me tell you something. The people in New York have not forgotten what he did mm-hmm. with the Yankees. They, haven't, they didn't forget. Yeah, I understand that, and he would have been an interesting choice there uh, for the Mets job as well. And I guess it's, you know, look, if something falls through with the Perez thing, they could do a lot worse than Buck Showalter uh, for the New York Mets. Uh, The other couple jobs that are now off the board are also the Cubs job, and no surprise uh, there with David Ross getting the job, and no surprise with Joe Madden getting the Angels job. 
No, it's not a surprise. Uh, with Joe Madden, he's been in the Angel organization for a long time. People forget that. And uh, he was uh, a bench coach when they won the World Series in 2002. That's what helped him get a, the job with the uh, Tampa Bay Rays. Um, David Ross, again, not a surprise. A lot of people on the 2016 Cubs considered him a brother, a big brother. So, uh, and he was like a manager on the, on, you know, in, on the bench. So, I'm not surprised he got the job. Not surprised at all. Are you surprised at the uh, outcome in San Diego where two, three weeks ago looked like they were very serious about Ron Washington, who A.J. Preller has a re- longstanding relationship with from his days in Texas, but he ended up choosing somebody else he had a longstanding relationship, Jace Tingler? Yeah, that surprised me. Uh, but then again, it shouldn't surprise me. I mean, another you talk about another guy. Ron Washington should be given another chance. No question about so, it. So, yeah, I mean, it didn't surprise me. We'll see how far they go. I think they've proven with the people they have on their roster, the Manny Machados of the world, uh, the Eric Hosmers of the world, they're still not winning. So uh, it's, it's, it's got to be the manager. It's got to be. Yeah. How many more chances do you think A.J. Preller will have out there? I mean, he is – he has run through about, what, four seasons out there. He's now put put a lot of money into Hosmer and Machado without great results. Now, he's supposed to have the best farm system going, but uh, is, does he last out long enough to, to see them get to where they, they're trying to get to? Well, so far, I mean, you know, he rebuilt the farm system, as you said, and uh, – don't forget Fernando Tatis Jr. I mean, he, he proved to be a dif- difference maker when he was when yeah. he was healthy. So yeah, they were a very different team with him. He, that's correct. So I mean, <clears throat> if they if they can stay healthy, then I would say yes. All right. Three other jobs are still available by my count: the Pittsburgh Pirates job, the Kansas City Royals job, and the San Francisco Giants job. Now, the Kansas City Royal job is the only job, really, where someone wasn't, well, I guess the Giants, technically, Bruce Bochy sort of didn't want to go back there, so it wasn't like a firing. So I guess you'd say Bochy and Ned Yost, those two teams were by manager's decision. Uh, Who do you think gets those three jobs? Let's start with Pittsburgh, then go to KC and San Francisco, Bill. Well, a guy I hope gets a job in Pittsburgh. I hope Joey Cora gets a job there. Um, I think he deserves it. Um, you know, he's been a bench coach, a third base coach, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the last few years. I think he deserves it. Um, for the other two, it's hard to say. Obviously, with the Giants, you know, he has to be an analytical guy, without a doubt. So who that is, I don't know. I mean, Bam Bam Ewins <clears throat> deserves a chance, but I don't know if they consider him uh, an analytical guy. Is he old school like Bruce Bochy? Yeah. Um, you give Ka- you give Kapler a shot there because of the past relationship, Kapler or Mark Cotton? Boy, I hope not. Yeah. I hope not. I mean, they should have you know they should have seen what he. I saw that team, the Phillies, a lot too under him, mm-hmm. and there was always the excuse, and in the answer, I hope not. Okay. So, I mean, it could be, but I hope not. What about a guy like Pedro Griffo for either the KC job or the San Francisco job? 
It's hard to say. I, I don't, you know, I really don't know what both, what the KC, what the Kansas City Royals are thinking, but right. uh, um, I don't know. I mean, it could be a good one. I, I don't know. All right, we're talking with. We're talking with Bill Latson, who's a columnist for MLB.com. We're going to get into the World Series in a minute, but Bill, uh, you, 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 do you have a newer piece than the Mickey Hatcher piece? But that was a terrific piece. How did you come up with the idea of sort of previewing the World Series through uh, Mickey Hatcher's passion in that '88 World Series? Well, they were looking for uh, someone who was a cult hero. Mm-hmm. And Mickey Hatcher uh, came to mind, number one, because I lived in Los Angeles when he was there. Right. Uh, the second time around. And uh, I, ha- I happened to move to L.A. in 88, the year they won the World Series. So, um, you know, this was not my first time talking to Mickey Hatcher. I talked to Mickey Hatcher in the early 90s, and uh, he- he's a good guy. And uh, he helped the Dodgers win the World Series in 88. So he's he definitely a cult hero, without a doubt. Yeah, well, that was a great read, a terrific read. You got anything else you're working on right now, currently? Um, currently, not right now. Um, I had something on uh, uh, Bob Bob Boone and uh, and his son at the time, mm-hmm. and and his, and his son um, Aaron. They could have they could have faced each other in the World Series, etc. He Bob Boone was actually advancing. Uh, an advanced scout uh, for the nationals. You know, yeah. Yeah. For the nationals. So that's about it. And uh, I also did recently um, a story on Jack McKeon comparing the, uh, the current nationals to the 2003 Marlins. Interesting. So, um, all right. Those are all there. Those are all there for you at MLB.com. I'm sure you can hit the, what's a, what's the title of your column? Is it, um, your your column has a name that I and I'm drawing a blank right now. No, there's no name of the column. I mean, just stories, and that's about it. All so right, my, my name is there. All right, Bill Watson is who we're talking to. No. Bill, Bill, one thing before we get to the World Series. Um, first of all, actually, it's two things. First of all, what happened to the sort of the moratorium on making announcements during the World Series? Do teams no longer have to abide by that? Yeah, because that's, well, George Steinberg is not around anymore. Okay. Because if you, you know, if you remember when um, the the rule, there was a rule that started in the mid-80s that whenever um, the World Series was on, Steinberg highlighted the World Series by firing his manager, Billy Martin. Right. And stuff like that. And they put the rule out, hey, no news. Okay. Uh, doing the World Series. All right, because the reason I bring it up, the Red Sox made some news yesterday by picking their head of baseball operations, Chaim Bloom. Uh, your thoughts on that? Uh, that was uh, a great move. I mean, anytime you come from Tampa, they didn't have a payroll, but they still won, and I thought it was a great choice. Yeah, I thought it was pretty darn good choice as well. Um, now, let's spin over to the uh, Washington Nationals Houston Astros World Series. So much for the idea that uh, maybe we were going to get a four-game sweep. Uh, Annabelle Sanchez pitched a, a, a solid game last night, not a great game. Uh, Zach Greinke certainly didn't pitch a great game, but like Max Scherzer in game one, 
he kept his team in the game for as long as he did last last night. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a great game. Also, what scares me a little bit is that it's obvious that Zach Grinky lost something in his game. Yeah, because his last few starts, I mean, he's lasted like four and two thirds. I mean, he's not he didn't get the win. So I mean, obviously, he lost something in the tank. So, and what that is, I don't know. Yeah, he runs but the I, same. But, I, he, but I thought the way he handled the Nationals when there were runners on base, I thought he did a good job. He did do a great job. I'm wondering. You mentioned Bob Boone as an advanced scout for for the Nationals. I'm wondering if the way that that Granky worked last night using so much slow curve, that looping curveball that seemed to have their better hitters off stride. I wonder if maybe that's gonna we're gonna see a lot of that from the other guys now. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's, it's hard to say, but uh, you know, I will tell you this though. I think if they lose uh, Kurt Suzuki, yeah, uh, apparently he's not going to start today because of a hip flexor, right? Uh, I, I think it could be trouble because I think he's better. I think he's the, the better catcher um, on that team. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, uh, the Nationals really surprised me because I didn't think they would go far. Right. And uh, but, but good for them. Now, you you covered the Nationals when they were the Montreal Expos for how many Correct. years in Montreal? Two. Two years. Then you moved to Washington and were with the Nats for, what, about five or six years? Um, make it ten. Ten. So do you have a special regard, a special place in your heart for the organization now that the Yan- your beloved Yankees are out of it? Would you like to see the Nationals win this thing? Of course. Yeah. Of course. I mean, I, I left uh, the beat because of uh, health reasons. You know, do I wish I was there? No doubt. Yeah. But, um, no, you know, of course I'm going to root for the Nationals. So um, I'm surprised they went this far. And, you know, and the reason why they're in the World Series, because they changed the way they use their bullpen. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they, they're using Max Scherzer. They're using um, Steven Strasburg in the bullpen. To me, that's been the big difference why they've gone that far. Interesting. Interesting. How good, now that you've gotten to see him for a couple of years in the big leagues, how good is is Juan Soto? Oh, man. I saw, I saw him play his rookie year, and I thought, man, this guy is better than Bryce Harper. Right. He's better. Um, I think the way he hits to all fields, I don't think he's that bad. Defensively, almost, you know, he let a, goal, a ball go by him yesterday. I think he's. I think he's a great player. Um, yeah. I think he's going to be a superstar when it's all said and done. Now you know the Lerner family fairly well. You know how they operate. Uh, win or lose, what do you think the chances are on a scale of uh, you know percentage basis? What do you think the chances are that Rendon stays a national? That's a great question. I think. Uh, to be honest with you, I say it's fifty-fifty right now. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, every time he's he's you know he's not doing that well in the uh, World Series, right? But he's done well in the other rounds, and every time he gets a hit, 
you know, I go cha-ching, cha-ching, yeah. yep. because the money's going to come. So um, he could be the highest paid player in the, in the big leagues next year. So I, and he deserves it. And uh, he's not like Bryce Harper, man. He 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 has a, a he's always in a great mood. Mm-hmm. He's not angry. So um, I'm expecting him to be the highest paid player next year. Wow, that's that's saying something. What about Steven Strasburg? Is it a fait accompli that he now, based on how great he's pitched in the postseason, and he had a remarkable season, he looks like a prime candidate to opt out of his deal now? I have to say yes. Um, you know, at first I didn't believe it because Steven Strasburg moved to D.C. year-round. Yeah. So I, I said to myself, oh, wait a minute. I, I didn't. I couldn't see him leave, but yes, after this world, after this postseason, without a doubt, I think he is going to opt out. But for some reason, though, I think he's going to stay in uh, DC for the way they handled his arm. You know, they always protected his arm, and uh, it looks like now it's, pay, it's paying off for him. Okay. All right. Um... Bill, last question I've got for you. We're now at 2-1 in this World Series. Game four tonight, Corbin versus Urquidy. Uh, then it goes back to Scherzer versus uh, Cole, and then Verlander versus Strasburg, which would give us a game seven of most likely Sanchez versus Granke again. Uh, your thoughts on who wins the series? Well, I think it's going to go seven games, number one. And number two, the way uh, I saw the Nationals punch the Astros in the mouth in Houston, right? I still think um, you know the Nationals are going to win. I, I, I really believe that. I think they have better pitching, and you know I don't think they're uh, the Astros are as strong as they were in 2017. Now, I could be wrong on that, right? But um, I'm still saying right now, as of today. It's going to be the Nationals. I, I picked the Nationals in six. I actually began to believe after they got up 2-0 that there was a real good chance they were going to sweep them. I think the win- a lot of people did. I think the winner of tonight's game is going to win the World Series, uh, right. which is true of a lot of them, I think. Game four is such a pivotal game. Hey, Bill, I right. said that was my last question. I had to ask you two, two other things real quick. And if you're, uh-huh. un- if you're uncomfortable answering them because I'm throwing you a curveball here, your thoughts on the firing the Astros did of this assistant general manager who acted, frankly, like a real horse's ass by sort of cussing at and gloating that they were so proud of uh, signing um, Osuna or acquiring Osuna, and he had to point it out to three female sports writers. I think one or two of them have been critical of the the pickup because of the do- domestic dispute Osuna was at or involved in last season. Your thoughts on that firing? Uh, it was deserved. Yeah. It was It was deserved. I mean, you don't do that. I mean, you just won the pennant. Right. And you celebrate it. And you, you, you can't say alcohol was involved. Uh, I mean, it, it was totally stupid. And I think he meant what he said. Yeah. You know, he says he didn't have the, you know, it's not his core values. Right. But he meant every word he said. I think so. And, too. Uh, 
he, he deserved what he got. All right. That's, uh, you and I are in agreement on that. Is there any way Rob Drake ever umpires a Major League Baseball game again? And for those that don't know it, he tweeted out the other day that I'm about to buy my uh, A-15 assault weapon. If they impeach my president this way, there's going to be a civil war. Uh, um, I'll be shocked yeah. if he does. Because I, I'll be shocked. I would because be shocked. He, because he threatened uh, violence. Yep. He threatened to kill people. Yep. Uh, I'll be shocked if he is umpiring uh, a spring training game or a regular season game. I'll be shocked. I would totally agree with you. And I'll, I'll tell I'm not trying to be funny by saying this. One of the things above and beyond calling balls and strikes and calling a base runner out or safe is judgment. You look at the umpires that they are the adjudicators of the game, and they have to have the correct judgment and temperament. Right. I think this guy went off the wagon here, you know, right? Off the off the reservation, so to speak. Right. All right. Yeah, Listen, right. Bill. Always a pleasure to talk to you, especially when you and I can go mano a mano without Craig Heist. Oh, I agree, man. I'm having a blast. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Stay well. All right. You too now. All Take right. care. There's Bill Latson. We're going to make our connection with my uh, young friend, uh, Mr. Mo Gabba, in just a couple minutes. But I got to tell you about the Costas Inn. Uh, the Costas Inn is at 4100 North Point Boulevard. They're known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes and their nightly specials. That, that also include crab cake night on Mondays, rib night on Tuesdays, steak night on Wednesdays, and lobster night on Thursdays. Check out thecostasin.com to find out more and to have delicious Costasin crab cakes shipped anywhere in the country or the world. That's the Costasin, 4100 North Point Boulevard. Pete and Nick will treat you right, as will the entire staff at the Costasin. Uh, remember, if you do want to go to the Costas Inn for crabs, for steamed crabs, you can't just walk in and be guaranteed of getting them. You need to reserve them because they come in in parcels, and believe me, they got phones ringing all the time, two dozen here, three dozen here, and you got to reserve your crabs. So if you're thinking you're going to Costas Inn to watch Game 4 or 5 of the World Series or a Ravens game coming up, make sure you... Call them at 410-477-1975. All right. Um, you are listening to the Bat Around. And, again, we're asking everybody out there, including my next guest, to like and share the program on Facebook Live if they are uh, uh, um, devouring the program on Facebook Live. Joining us now is somebody who's captured the hearts and minds of a lot of folks in Baltimore, Maryland, and that is the one and only Mo Gabba. Mo, how are you, my friend? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. How's first of all, how's mom doing? She's doing all right. She's yeah. all right. Yeah. Hey, you you've got quite a relationship with your mom, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah, you feel like you're lucky to have a mom like that. Yeah, I'm very lucky. All right. Now I'm going to ask you harder questions. Mm-hmm. How was, uh, you You and your mom were just invited out to what, the Miracle, the Children's Miracle Network for some honor out there in Salt Lake City? Yes. And tell us about that trip. 
Well, it was a lot of fun. Um, we left this past we um left um this past Sunday. This past Sunday morning. Right. We got there. Uh, let's say around twelve thirty one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, we were there for two days and three nights. We came back this past Wednesday. Right. It was, a, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And did you meet yeah. some other kids who have some challenges with their health and things like that? Yes, I, um, I did meet a lot of other people. Right, right. So I know everybody that's listening right now, Mo, and I, I don't mean to embarrass you at all, but when I first heard you probably two and a half or three years ago on the Scott and Jeremy show, mm-hmm. I, I was so impressed with you, your passion for sports, how positive you were, I had no idea that you were battling cancer and that you you were blind. Um, do you get, I, I find that to be the most uplifting thing about you is how positive you are. Where do you think you got that positive attitude from? Um, I don't know, actually. I think it just comes to me. I think it just comes to me. I, I don't like, get it from anywhere. It just, it just comes to me. Okay. Now, we know about your mom, Sansa. Uh, how Sansi. Many, what's that? Sansi. Sansi. Okay, I, I apologize. You correct, that's okay, that's okay. You corrected me on my spelling on <laughs> Facebook on the word Braille. How do you spell How do you spell Braille? B-R-A-I-L-L-E. And I spelled it with one L. No. And, yeah. I, and I knew it had two L's. He was just testing you to make yeah. sure you were you were reading everything. <laughs> hey, by the way, this is our producer on uh, the Glenn Clark Radio Show every day, Monday through Friday, and he's helping us out today on Saturday. It's Kyle Ottenheimer. Say hi to Kyle. Hello. Hey, Mo. How's it going, bud? Hello. So everybody I know out there wants to know, how are you feeling right now? Mm, well, um... I've been going through. I've been going through a lot um, for the past like few weeks. Yeah. But otherwise, I'm feeling I'm feeling good. Okay. Now, what is the hospital that when you when we hear that you're in the hospital for this treatment or that treatment, what hospital is your go-to hospital? John Hopkins Children's Center. Okay. And how good are the doctors and nurses there that uh, treat you? Are they? Oh my God. Oh my goodness, they are amazing. Like, I would, I would recommend that that hospital to anyone. Really? Okay. Have you? Be, would you say that you're friends now with all the nurses and doctors? Yes. Okay. Definitely. Now, Mo, who are you closer to, the nurses and doctors there or Trey Mancini? Oh. Mm. That's a tough question. You might have to be political yeah, here. Yeah, that's a tough yeah. question. Let me, th- let me throw in one other guy. Are you, <laughs> you've become pretty chummy with Lamar Jackson, too, haven't you? Yes, I have, yeah. All right, all right. How, what are you a bigger fan of, baseball or football, Mel? Well, I like them I like them both a lot, but um, I'm sure I like uh, football more. You're more of a football fan, okay? Yeah. So is Lamar, I mean, look, it's he's everyone's in Baltimore's favorite player, but I imagine Lamar Jackson is, is your favorite Raven. Is that one more time? I said I, I imagine Lamar Jackson is your favorite Raven. 
Um, yes, and also um, Ben Powers. Okay, yeah. cool. That's cool. He's a great guy. Now, Ben, you were able to have the honor chosen by the Ravens. It's the first time anybody in NFL history had chosen a player, announced the, the, the player that the team took based on reading it on Braille yep. on national television. How exciting, mm-hmm. how exciting was that? That was really exciting. It was like I'd never done anything like that before, and to bring like to bring a new person into a Baltimore team, it's just awesome. Okay, now I gotta ask you, you're you're a kid. How old are you? Eleven or twelve? I'm thirteen. You're thirteen years old. Okay, if you were Jewish, yes. you'd be bar mitzvah age. <laughs> Do you know what a bar mitzvah is? No. Okay. That's when a Jewish kid gets to the age of 13. They go, move from childhood to manhood, and they read something uh, uh, something from the Torah. But we'll move on from that. You're 13 years of age. How many, you know, you get all this these accolades because of what you're going through and how uplifting and inspiration you, inspirational you are to people. How do the kids that you go to school with how do they treat you? Do they like you? Are they jealous of you? Are they compassionate about what you go through or all those different emotions? Um, well, let's see. I have a lot of friends that like, really, care, like, really care about me. Yeah. And they're, like, they're, they, are, they are really jealous, but they're also compassionate about me. So they do like, all those feelings you, you said. Okay. That's a, that's a great answer, Mo. It really is because you can understand why even though somebody might not be sick and they got they got God to thank for the fact that they're healthy that they'd go, "Man, I'd really like to to be flying to Salt Lake City or or going to Ravens training camp or meeting Trey Mancini and the governor and all that." You can understand where there'd be a little bit of jealousy, couldn't you? Oh, actually, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Emma, what are you going to be for Halloween? You watch the show Jeopardy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be Alex Trebek. Oh, my wow, gosh. That's, that's awesome. A, that's a good one. Are you going to wear like a, I mean, I can't imagine you've grown a mustache yet. Are you going to wear <laughs> no, 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 <laughs> no. That's a good one. I'm going to be wearing a suit and... Hi. Stuff like that. That's All awesome. Right. So, I, really are, do you watch Jeopardy often? Yeah, I love Jeopardy. Do so you? Do you have like dreams of one day being a contestant on Jeopardy, perhaps? Uh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> well, hopefully, we look forward to watching you on Jeopardy in the future. That'll be awesome. Hey, hey, yeah. Mo. Recently, I saw the pictures. You you met the owner of the Baltimore Ravens, Steve Bashotti, up in his box. You met yes. you met the governor up there. Uh, mm-hmm. and also Mayor Jack DeYoung. Uh, do you enjoy meeting the players more, or is it kind of cool starting to meet public officials and owners and things like that? Um, it's, it, it's starting to be cool meeting all of the officials and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I like meeting, I like meeting the players too, but it's even cooler that I get to meet like, all the officials. Hey, Hey, you know, the the picture I see, I see you in a lot of pictures, and the picture I saw the best smile on was the one your mom took of you and Anquan Bolden. Now, do you even remember Anquan when he was a raven? Yeah, I do. 
I mean, you remember how great he was? Yes. Okay. All right. Has Lamar given you any special advice or anything? Uh, what's your relationship like with uh, the, the sensational Lamar Jackson? Um, well, I don't think he's actually given any advice I can remember, but he's just like a, he's a really cool guy. Yeah, he's a pretty cool player, too. Wow. Is yeah. he something else? Um, how about Trey Mancini? Uh, I know you got friendly with Adam Jones before he left Baltimore. How special! Um, and Manny, don't forget Manny. <laughs> and Manny too. That's yeah. right. Wow. So, but how special has Trey been to you? He's been, he's been really special because um, the last Oilers game I went to, he was being honored for some award, and I can't remember what it was, but. He was being honored for this award, and he let me hold. He let me hold the trophy, and I got to feel it and like feel what it looks, what it feels like, and it was just amazing. Okay, now I want to move on to I want to move on for just a couple more minutes to current sports events. The Ravens are five and two. They've got the bye this week. Uh, what do you think they can do? You think they can win ten or more games this year, Mo? Yeah, they can win 10 or more games. I bet they can win 10 or more games. And uh, they they got to get to the Super Bowl this year. They got to. They got to. Why do they got to? Because they've only been in the Super Bowl for the past, what is it, seven or eight years? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it has been. So then are you – are there any – you're the most positive kid I've ever heard. Are there any teams that you – Dislike, like, look. Everyone knows yeah. Orioles fans, Ravens fans he's, have their least he's favorite fishing, teams. He's fishing for you to hate Duke and Ohio yeah. State. Are there any like teams, teams being a hate. Maryland kid yeah. that you dislike? That I don't like. Yeah, like, do you hate the Yankees? Ah, uh, I love the Yankees. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the Yankees or the Red Sox? Do you dislike which one? Do you dislike more? Okay, all right, there's three teams I, I dislike. Okay. Yankees, Red Sox, Blue Jays. Makes sense. Wow. Makes all the sense all in the world. So you don't hate the Tampa Bay Rays? No, I, I, don't, I don't hate them. They're, okay. they're good. It's yeah, a, they there's, a, good. there's a respect for what the Rays yeah. do, I think, in Baltimore. Yeah. Hey, Mo, let me ask you a question. You kind of understand uh, you're a smart kid. You kind of understand mm-hmm. what the what the Orioles are doing by going in a different direction to try and pare the payroll down, get back to being able to afford the players they have, and bring in a lot of good young players through the organization, which they haven't really done in the necessary numbers over the last like thirty years. They really have never developed the the level of players that they need to sustain this. Is, is it painful for you as an Oriole fan to watch what they're going through, but you kind of understand it, or you're just sort of angry that they let players go? I'm so angry that they let players go. Like, I'm not, I'm not, like, I don't really pay attention to all this, like, salary stuff and like, right. stuff like that. Yeah. I just pay attention to, like, if they let them go or if they win or lose. Or okay. Yeah. That's a really mature answer. Mo, before we let you go today, and I hope you'll do this again some other time in the near future, 
got to ask you a question. Scott, mm-hmm. Scott and Jeremy, you know, now you know me. You've gotten to know me over the last few weeks on the phone a couple times and on Facebook. And I know yep. Jerry Sandusky has had you. Are Scott and Jeremy, are they special to you because you were you started out getting sort of notoriety on their show? Yeah, they're, they're really special to me because I started calling them about four, four years ago. Okay. In 2015. Um, and ever since then, they've been, they've been really special to me. So that's when, so after I, start, after I started calling them, I started getting into like sports a lot more. Yeah. What, what caused you to pick up the phone that first time to call them? Like, in other words, if you think back to four years ago, you were listening to the show, and was it something they said? Why did you finally pick up? Because at one time when I was about nine or ten years old, I picked up the phone and made my first calls to, uh, you know, talk show people back, you know, 60 years ago. What was it that drew you to call them? Um, just being able to share my opinions with the, with the radio world. All right. Well, you've shared your opinions Certainly with worked the, out well for you so with, far, huh? With our radio world. Do you understand how you can listen to us and and get us on Facebook Live now? Were you able to understand that when I sent that to you? Uh, I don't think you sent it to me. Okay. Well, we'll get it figured out. We will yeah. make sure we get that sent over. Yeah, to we you just like we're on. Kyle is on a show Monday through Friday from ten to twelve, so you're at school during that time. But I'm on. I'm on every Saturday from ten to twelve, and you can uh, reach us by going. Well, we'll explain it to you. But you basically go to pressboxonline.com/slash/radio, and then there's a way to click on there, or you go to facebook.com/slash/pressboxsports, and uh, you could uh, have us on Facebook Live. But listen. Okay. Listen, we really appreciate you being on. Your positivity has inspired our city, uh, the great city of Baltimore, which can use some positivity now. We'll look forward to talking to you more and working with you a little bit, okay? And give, right, your, and, you. and give, your, give our love to your mom, Sanzi, okay? Definitely. All right. Have a great day today, Mo. All right. Thank you. All right. Love you. All right, there he goes, Mo Gabba. Well, it's the first time I got to talk to Mo. He's a very special young man, very special young man, isn't he, Kyle? Uh, no doubt about it. I mean, there's, I mean, I can't think of anybody like him. Yeah, for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, uh, seriously, the positivity that oozes out—you wouldn't know listening to him that he's got any problems at all. He's the most positive, uplifting kid. And, and those kind of things can be said in cliche form, but it, it's just interesting. No doubt. Um, like I said, perspective, right? Um, sometimes people get negative about their own lives. Um, and if that child is able to go through his life on a day-to-day basis remaining positive, I think that should probably realign the way that some people listen, go about we, their own. Listen, we all have problems. You, you're pretty public about your problem with diabetes, sure, you know, right. that you have to inject the insulin in yourself every day to constantly monitor sure. that must seem like a hassle to you i frankly uh, you've got second nature that, right, right. Yeah. yeah but but you understand what i'm saying of course right there's probably a time has, where everybody's oh, yeah, got yeah, their yeah. axe to to grind 100 you know and um 
no, he's an inspiration, I think, for everybody, adults, children, anybody uh, who I think is able to feel. Um, and he helps remind you how to do that. So absolutely uh, one of the, the true joys that Baltimore sports has to offer and look forward to hearing his voice for as long as, yep. as we get the chance to. It's truly the, 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 one of the best that we have here. Yep, no question about it. And I really applaud, seriously, everybody that's come on. It, it's not bad that Jerry Sandusky now tries to grab him or we try and grab him. We're going to have some interesting news about Mo and Press Box, you know, over the next month or so. But and we'll we'll come, sure. we'll talk about it at that time. But Scott and Jeremy, it grew very organically. Yeah. That he just called the show and they liked them. And I don't think the first time, first ten times they, no, they no. may have talked to him that they knew that what he's going through with yeah. his battle for can with cancer. I mean, you wouldn't. And, you wouldn't know unless no. you asked. Or you, and it's. He's amazing. All right. Hey, we want to uh, mention a couple sponsors right here before we grab our friend Craig Heist. And we want to remind everybody that the bat around is presented by Mobile One. Mobile One full synthetic motor oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center and ask for Mobile One. Um The latest edition of Press Box is available now. How about that? Sounds good. And it's our annual college basketball preview issue. I'm going to hold it up to the screen. Do I have it in the right place? Is it pretty good? It appears good? to be all good. All right. And it is our annual college basketball preview issue. On the cover, Brooks DeBose looks at the Mount St. Joe duo of Jalen Sticksmith and Daryl Morcell. As two kids from Baltimore look to lead Maryland basketball, Back to prominence this season. You'll also find full previews for men's and women's hoops in the area, including Towson, UMBC, Loyola, Morgan, Coppin, and more. Press Box is available at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. You can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Dot com. All right. And let me also mention that Ken Zalis is back and he's fulfilling. Kyle, this is especially important to you. He's fulfilling all of your fantasies. Thank God. Well, your football fantasies anyway. The Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday at 1130 a.m. KZ helps you set your lineup for all of your fantasy matchups. Watch at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. It's all brought to you by Wise Markets and Glory Days Grill. Join us for the PressBox Fantasy Football Show every Thursday morning at 1130 a.m. We'll take a timeout now, and when we get back, we'll be joined by our friend Craig Heist. Baltimore's favorite bar is just 771 feet from home plate. Sliders Bar and Grill, just steps from Camden Yards, is the perfect sports bar for Ravens and Cap season, with all the games on dozens of TVs. Daily specials include Mexican Monday, Wing Ding Wednesday, Bloody Brunch Sunday, and more, with different drink specials every day of the week. Sliders celebrates Halloween on Saturday, October 26th from 7 p.m. till 2 a.m. Put on your costume and join the fun with drink specials, prizes, and fun all night long. Sliders for all of your sports and some spooky Halloween fun. 
Check out Costa's Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. They're known far and wide for their great steamed crabs and crab cakes. And their nightly specials also include crab cake night on Monday, rib night on Tuesday, steak night on Wednesdays with a half-price bottle of wine, and lobster night on Thursdays. Check out CostasIn.com to find out more. And the delicious crab cakes are shipped anywhere. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com slash bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. KZ, Ken Zales here. I'm back, and I am fulfilling all of your fantasies. Well, your fantasy football fantasies, anyway. I'm with you for the Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday at 11.30 a.m. to help you set your lineups for all your fantasy matchups. Watch at Facebook.com slash Sports. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. It's all brought to you by Wise Markets and Glory Days Grill. Join us for the Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday morning at 11.30 a.m. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual college basketball preview issue on the cover. Brooks DeBose looks at the Mount St. Joe duo of Jalen Sticksmith and Daryl Morsell as two kids from Baltimore look to lead Maryland back to prominence this season. You'll also find full previews for men's and women's hoops in the area, including Towson, UMBC Loyola, Morgan Coppin, and more. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores you can also find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Glenn Clark and Kyle Ottenheimer here from Glenn Clark Radio. Kyle, you know, I'm regularly asked by folks about how we get so many great guests on our show. Well, I I work really hard to get some of the biggest names on with us. I know you do, and the world recognizes it, but I want to challenge you to try to get some even bigger guests on the show moving forward. Okay, who do you have in mind? Well, nothing crazy. Like, what about Tim Tebow? How about Leonardo DiCaprio or or Lady Gaga, maybe Barack Obama? Uh, You know what? I'll settle for Wilt Chamberlain. But I think he died. What? Yeah, like 20 years ago. So that's a maybe? Maybe Java Chamberlain. Glenn Clark Radio, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to noon at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio and Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. No one wants to talk to Java Chamberlain. We are back on this Saturday morning on the Bat Around. We'll remind you, Ross Grimsley's show. Is this going to be the last Ross Grimsley, Grimsley is, yeah, show for is. the season? It will be the final episode. Okay. I guess I owe Ross a phone call to explain to him why I haven't done the last 12 shows. Well, feel free. We've, we've, yeah. we've made do. It's not as if we were. Yeah, you know, there's not a lot of time spent. But, <laughs> you know, when I agreed to do that show. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. I assumed it was going to be like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. No, I remember there was a discussion about, I think that was my fault. I'm the reason that it's not, so I apologize. That's all right. No, it's not a big, it's not, but I'm, I like don't go to bed a lot of times till 3 in the morning or something. I try to get, I try to get in bed by like 11 myself. I prefer to sleep than not. So by the way, first of all, I got to apologize to one Jammer Daniels, (laughs) his his, One of our favorite guests. He sent me some type of uh, instant message on Facebook. I pulled down Mo Gabba. Yeah. And I thanked Mo Gabba. Correct. And said, I hope you have had a great time right. for being on the show and give your mom Correct. Sansa. And then I put Sansi. in, I pronounced, I, I 
put in parentheses, pronounced Sanzi. Correct. And I said, give her a big kiss for me. And I sent it, and it went to Jammer Daniels. Which, you never know, might be a nice message for him to receive. I'm sure he's going to be thrilled to get that message. But anyway, I just sent Mo a message. I said, I hope you had a good time. Thanks for coming on, buddy. And he said, thanks for having me. Boy, he responds quicker than you do. That's a fact. (laughs) All right. Uh, We've got just about a half hour left on the program this morning, uh, the bat around. And if you have joined us on Facebook Live, um, please like and share the program. And I hope a bunch of you will um, do that. And if you hadn't been able to listen to Mo Gabba, please go back on the archives and listen. You can do that by going to pressboxonline.com slash radio or you can do it by um, not answering or not ringing. Okay. All right. Anyway, um, or uh, you can do it by going to Facebook Live at facebook.com slash pressboxsports and looking for our show, and then uh, you'll be able to watch it there uh, after it's over. Okay. Um Game five, game four of the World Series, 2019 World Series, will take place at Nats Park tonight at 8.07. Should be a good one. I mean, it's like you said on the phone there with Ladson, this is pivotal for both teams, frankly. Yeah. I mean, if the Nationals succumb to a tied series and turn this into a series of best of three after being up 2-0 and winning both on the road. With Verlander and Cole going in two of the last three, Momentum it's going to be tough. has more or less disappeared yeah. entirely. But that yeah. being said, like the Astros, you're hard-pressed to go win three in a row if they were to lose tonight. So this is a really, really, really crucial game for both teams. And what's interesting is they're also going to be hard-pressed to win a game. Let's be blunt. Yeah. A pitcher that earlier this year... None of us would known about no. Jose or or Quidi, uh, who was off the radar no. uh, there. It was, and, yeah. The Astros did not have the advantage of the flexibility of using Corbin at for an inning and then going to Anibal Sanchez, right? Like, right. Once they use their top two, three guys, yeah. they are now kind of grasping at straws and trying to play the right card at the right time. The fascinating thing is Wade Miley, who we remember what the Wade Miley of the Baltimore Orioles was like for, what, a season and a half or a little bit more than that, uh, he was absolutely awful. But he was pretty darn good for the Milwaukee Brewers in 2018 last year. Did miss. He's been better with the Astros than he ever was with he, the Orioles. He was fantastic with uh, the Astros this year for his first, I'll say, 20 starts. And then starting September 1st, he had a string, Kyle, of about 17 innings. I mean, excuse me, two-thirds of an inning over four starts. Two-thirds of an inning over four starts where he let up 17 runs. Uh, think about that. That's how your earned run average goes from 2.95 right. to 3.99. No doubt. So much so were his problems, they didn't even put him on the AL, the ALCS roster and the World Series roster. Well, that's the way Miley we know. Yeah, that's the way Miley <laughs> we remember in Baltimore. Joining us right now is Craig Heist. Craig, how are you, my friend? Good. First of all, I'm putting an envelope in the mail to you today. Okay. All right. It was sitting here for you, and since you weren't in, I figured we'd get it to you sooner this way. All right? All right. All right. Now, back on to baseball. Uh, Your thoughts on the Nationals' position now vis-a-vis a 
two to one lead and having the advantage of having one of their top three starters, Patrick Corbin, pitching against a ver veritable unknown in Jose Arquiti. Well, I mean, I think, you know, they're in pretty good shape still to win this series, but again, last night uh, they did some things that, uh, that they, you know, were the victims of last night uh, that they took care of in games one and two, and that's... You know, to me, taking advantage of a few mistakes, and the Nationals certainly made those last night with, uh, you know, Soto's errors. Uh, actually, two one Soto errors out in left field. A little uncharacteristic, but uh, he threw the ball away one time and then uh, and then uh, kind of booted the ball down the left field corner on one of the, uh, on the Altuve double, which turned into, you know, Altuve standing on third base. But, uh you know, I, I, you know that and the other part of it is, uh, you know, you leave 12 on, you go for 10 more runners in scoring position, and uh, that's the kind of things that happen. Quick question for you. you. You probably watched 75 at least home games of the Nationals this year in person. Uh, and I know you're pretty high up there, but you got TVs and monitors. So you watched a lot of Nats baseball. The way Granke worked last night at a key couple moments, and I think one or two of the other relievers did the same thing, using a big looping curveball. Would you say, I would probably say that that's probably a weakness for all teams because they don't see it that much. Do you think that the Astros may have found something uh, as a way to, uh, you know, handle a couple of the key hitters in that lineup? Well, certainly their at-bats were better last night, uh, meaning the Astros. Now the Nationals, to your point, uh, you know, sometimes they do have trouble with pitchers who throw a lot of junk, if you will. But, uh, I mean, I give Cranky all the credit in the world last night because he, he made pitches when he needed to, and uh, he also uh, had them off balance. And uh, certainly uh, that became an issue because, you know, the few times the Nationals, you know, did get runners on, uh, he was able to lock it down, shut the door, and get out of the inning. But, you know, it's one game. We'll see what happens tonight, and we'll see if the offense comes around a little bit more tonight than it did last night. Now, I know you, you show up at a ballpark, Craig, whether it's a Maryland football game, an Oriole game, a Ravens game, a Capitals game. You show up, and most like most media, you probably head upstairs and get your set up and everything. Could you detect – a different buzz last night. Was there something special about Washington's first uh, World Series game in, you know, 70 years? Well, I, I thought the crowd was pretty electric last night. Uh, and I thought it was every bit as good uh, for the game last night as, as it was in, uh, you know, with the wild card game and a couple against the Cardinals. But, uh, uh you know, they hadn't had it, you know, like you said, you know, they were waiting to, you know, to try to get a World Series there, and they finally got there, and, you know, it's a little bit disappointing the club didn't perform better, but uh, I had no trouble with the crowd and the way they reacted last night. It was pretty electric. Yeah, that's what I figured. That's what I figured. You know, uh, this would have probably been a better question yesterday, and I'm certainly not off the Nats bandwagon. I picked them in six. And I'm very comfortable thinking, uh, especially if they win tonight, that they're going to win this series. Well, that's that's what I picked them as too. So 
it scares me that you and I both <laughs> are on the same page with that. Well, the good news is we didn't have any money on it because well, if we yeah, had money on it there. We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have won. But but I'm getting back to the comments that Steven Strasburg, I believe, made after Game Two. That were he said this team here. We known we've had the talent for several years. And a lot of times we were the team that most people thought could win and, and would win. And it seemed like each year we ran into a buzzsaw. And uh, he said, maybe this year we're the buzzsaw. Uh, now, they were 18-2, and two, best streak in their history since I think it was September 23rd or something like that. Um, your thoughts about that uh, and whether or not last night uh, dulled the buzzsaw a little bit. Well, it probably dulled the buzzsaw a little bit. It might be a little bit of a wake-up call, too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, again, a lot of that depends on what happens tonight because, you know, if the Nationals can get out of, uh, you know, tonight's game in a pretty good shape, and they should be able to do that because it is a bullpen game for for the Astros, and, you know, the Nationals obviously don't have to do that. Patrick Corbin uh, was a, a sub-2 ERA for the year in that in that uh, ballpark, so he's pitched very well there. So, uh, again, uh, I look for the Nationals to kind of bounce back tonight. Now, I, I know when you draw up the design of how you're going to use and delegate your pitching staff, uh, the Nationals made an interesting decision this series they didn't have Austin Voth active. They activated Joe Ross. Right. He, he pitched two, I thought, great innings last night. Um, does that does that give manager Dave Martinez a little bit of an added something for potentially if this series does go deep into games six or seven? Well, well it certainly does because if he's able to pitch the way he pitched last night, uh, that that takes a little bit more uh, stress off Martinez to have to go to a, a another starter out of his bullpen. Yeah. I don't think he has to do that. Uh, but uh, again, I I just look at this for you know from last night. I mean, let's face it: you, you leave twelve on, you go over ten with runners in scoring position, you only lose four to one. There were opportunities for the Nationals to get back in that ball game, even though they didn't play a very good ball game. So. Uh, again, I'm not. I'm not ready to say that you know uh, that they're lose, they're losing any momentum. But then you know, with these, by the same token, if you're the Astros, you know how that lineup likes to work counts, and they take a lot of pitches. They don't swing out of the zone a whole bunch. Uh, they make starters work, and uh, they did that with uh, Scherzer in Game One, Strasburg in Game Two. The Nationals are fortunate enough to win both of those games, but. I, again, I think this is just going to come down to, you know, being a little bit more disciplined tonight and, you know, getting some key hits at key times. And they didn't do that last night, but they need to do it tonight. Uh, obviously, uh, all of Washington hopes it's hoisting up a trophy. But uh, what are the odds that tomorrow night is the last time Anthony Rendon dons a Nationals uniform? Uh, it's possible. Who knows? Uh, again, uh, that's going to be a, an interesting an interesting uh, thing to watch in the off season, just you know how those negotiations go. Uh, I know that you know Scott Boras and the Lerner family have a really good relationship, but that didn't keep Bryce Harper around. And you know, hindsight being what it is, I you know I think it's a better club without Bryce Harper, not because they've gotten this way 
or this far, but just because of the, you know, just the whole overall atmosphere and the whole overall cohesiveness of that clubhouse, I really think it's a better team without him. But again, that didn't mean that doesn't mean the Nationals didn't want to resign him or didn't want him back. Uh, it just came down to him wanting to go somewhere else and getting the highest contract that he could possibly get. And I just think the irony of it, to some degree, in terms of where Bryce Harper is right now and where the Nationals are right now, uh, there's a lot of irony to that. And uh, Again, I don't know what Bryce is thinking, but uh, I know one thing with the addition of Joe Girardi now as the manager up there, uh, the Phillies automatically become a team to be reckoned with again. Yeah, I agree with you. Craig, but do you, do you think that Rendon deserves the contract Bryce didn't get? Do I think what? That Rendon deserves the contract Bryce didn't get. I think, I think he deserves the contract every bit as big as, uh, you know, what Harper was talking about last year. I mean, in terms of what he means to that team and what he means, uh, I mean, this is a guy that's been pretty consistent throughout his career and, you know, this year, you know, you could certainly argue in the top three for MVP candidate with the, the amount of home runs and RBIs and the batting average. Uh, you know, he won the RBI title. So, uh, I mean, from that standpoint, I think he deserves every bit of it. You know, when we're talking about big-time contracts with people who have signed them in the last couple of years, you know, in terms of Manny and, and Harper, I think so. Yeah, sure, why not? We're talking with Craig Heist, who normally would be sitting right across from me, but I kind of insisted that he rest up. What time did you get home last night? Uh, well, a friend of mine, Mark Myers from uh, L.A., who does a lot of the same things out in L.A. that I do here, uh, he usually travels to the World Series, so he and I were kind of tag-teaming things last night, and uh, he was staying out in uh, the airport area near BWI, and, uh, but he had driven to the College Park Metro uh, to, to, to take the subway in, and I wound up uh, giving him a ride back to his car, but it was on the way home. But uh, I got home about 3.15 last night. Okay. Was it nicer to sleep in this morning? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Uh, hey, i got to ask you something. This is off the World Series for just a second, and then I want to go back and talk about Steven Strasburg. I know somebody you've known in this business for probably more than 20 years, uh, Dave Johnson, who does the uh, D.C. United games and does the, the uh, Wizards games on the radio. Uh, he announced this week that he's been diagnosed to have MS. Uh-huh. Uh, your thoughts on uh, how Dave will handle this? as he referred to it in a Facebook post, a new companion. Well, you know, I had Dave Johnson's part of the reason, or mostly the reason, you know, that I'm as as, as far in this business as I am. Uh, and, and I worked with him for 14 years down at WTOP, and uh, I've known him the whole time. He's been the, the Wizards play-by-play man, and... Uh, he will attack this just like he attacks everything else. Uh, and, you know, you know, just thoughts and prayers that he goes out there and is still able to do what he can do. Uh, he's on the road right now with the Wizards. They started out in uh, Houston. Yep. Oh, I'm sorry, in Dallas, and right. then up to Oklahoma City last night. Where, where they, they got a win, win. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I look for Dave to continue to do what he does, and he'll get the uh, recommended treatment for it. 
you know, and uh, and and take care of it from that standpoint. But uh, it's interesting. Uh, it's a disease his mother had. Yep. And uh, he he always he always talks about how he wouldn't be in this business without the help of his mom. Yeah. And so uh, again, it's just a. Uh, you know, a really good friend and somebody you sit there and root for. All right. Well, I wanted to, to get, give you a chance to talk about that publicly. We wish Dave nothing but the best, and he will soldier on. Uh, we know he's a real pro's pro in this business. Craig, I wanted to move back to talk to you. You've, you've seen Steven Strasburg probably make every start that he's made at Nats Park. Um, and before that, did he pitch at RFK for a year? No. No, he never pitched at RFK. Okay. No. So you've seen every start that he's made just about. Um, did you think that he would become the pitcher he is is right now? And your thoughts on whether he's going to opt out and whether the Nats will be able to satisfy him? Well, did I think he was going to become the pitcher he is now? I think all the signs were there that he certainly could be. I mean – you know, his his debut start against the Pirates, he struck out 14 batters, but he was much more of a thrower then yeah. uh, than he is a pitcher. But I think everybody knew the stuff was there, and he can still throw all of those pitches. Uh, but now he's got much better command of them all. He uses them at different counts. He's not afraid to throw the ball in any count. Uh, you know, I, I certainly have – I certainly think he was going to become the pitcher he's become – uh, you know, but you never know. It's kind of when you when you get drafted that high, and then you get to the majors at a relatively early age. Uh, you know, it is kind of on the job training at the same time. Uh, but I I don't think anybody doubted Stan that he was going to become an elite pitcher. Yeah. Your thoughts on how he's matured as a person, Craig, over these? Well, he's very days. quiet. He doesn't yeah. say a whole lot. He's a lot like Anthony Rendon in that regard. Uh, you know, you, you only see, and, and you've seen a, few, a little glimpse of it here in the postseason, you know, with the way, he, you know, he goes through the, the teammates hugging him in the dugout and, you know, Gerardo Parra and some of the other guys, as Drupal Cabrera giving him a hug in the, in the dugout. That's a little out of the character for Steven, but uh, uh, you, you do know he has a sense of humor. Uh, but I think over the last, year or so he's shown it a lot more uh now than he has in years past but i think that's always been there you just didn't see it a whole lot uh but again a quiet guy doesn't like to say a whole lot just because out there and pitches and doesn't doesn't like a whole lot of immediate attention so in that regard he's, he's very much like anthony rendon all right well, listen, I'm going to be in the ballpark tonight uh, for my one game of this World Series. I haven't been to a World Series game since 1983. Now, I haven't asked you this lately. When was the last World Series game you've been at? Nah, this is my first, first one, one that I've been able to cover. Yeah, it's uh, pretty exciting stuff. Uh, I'll be at the park tonight. I won't look you up. I know you'll be busy. Uh, have a great time doing your doing your thing during these couple uh, days and uh, let's say it loud and proud, go Nats because I, <laughs> yeah, I exactly. listen. I was born in Washington D.C. and I was a Senators fan in the team that left in nineteen after the sixty season. 
I was a Nats fan, a Senators fan from 1961 through their leaving to go to, to Texas. Uh, and then I fell in love with the Orioles, and that's my passion now. But you, and you know that. But I think the long-suffering fans in Washington and the new crop deserve something like this. So I'm rooting like hell for them. All right. All right, buddy. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate Talk it. Talk to you later, Steve. All right. Bye-bye. There you go, Craig Heist, and uh, appreciate his joining in today on the show. Uh, lots of interesting stuff there, um, don't you think, Kyle? No doubt. I mean, it's shaping up to be a fascinating final stretch here in the World Series as these two teams have made their claim justifiably so to earn it and deserve it. I think it's just a matter of time to see who gets it. Um, I mean, the pitchers are going to be the story, which guys step up and seize it. Because these are really two loaded lineups from top to bottom that can really do damage. And I don't know. That's why the Nationals, I think, maybe have the slight edge. But like, I, like we've said now, this, this fourth game, momentum hangs in the balance. It's going to be interesting to watch the chess match tonight between Patrick Corbin. Forget Urquidy and what he does or sure. doesn't do. But it's interesting. You remember the game against the Dodgers where he got pounded as mm-hmm. a relief pitcher? Uh, yeah. uh, Corbin, and they said something about, well, they know he throws his, they did scouting on him, and that's why I'm such a believer in advanced scouting, Sure, is that they, they knew that his his slider breaks out of the strike zone, so don't do that, and jump on other things that you see, and they kind of hijacked him a little bit. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the Astros take that aggressive approach yeah, so, uh, in the lefty, strike zone. Correct? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot yeah. of re- really good righties in the Astros lineup. Oh, yeah. Um, it'll, oh, be yeah. In- it'll be a strength versus strength. Um, both sides like their chances, and that's why this game figures to be so exciting, I think. It's interesting. Everybody made so much of the trade for Zach Greinke. Sure. And that did pay off. There's no question about it, despite some bumps in mm-hmm. the postseason. Uh, his in-season record with Houston was pretty darn good. But the guy that I thought was really kind of a brilliant trade was Sanchez. the pickup of Aaron Sanchez, sure. who I think would have slotted in tonight to pitch tonight's game, but unfortunately had a shoulder injury, I think it was. Yeah. So they have to go with this kid. They also have this incredible pitcher, Forrest Whitley, yep. who I've had on my reserve list team for two waiting, years, waiting. waiting and waiting and waiting. He had the most mysterious season I've ever seen last year. My two guys, my three guys that I was able to keep last sure. year were uh, Bo Bichette, who broke That's his hand about a month with, uh, in. Boba Fett from Star Wars. No, but Bo Bichette from Toronto. Sure. But broke his hand, missed six weeks, uh, which he would have been up much earlier. Sure, might he have helped my team. When he was, yeah. Austin Hayes, who missed most of, of the first half of the year uh, and only came up in time to ruin his eligibility <laughs> next year for me. Now I have to make a decision whether Lovely. to keep him or not. And Forrest Whitley, who everybody he was everybody's consensus as the number one prospect pitching, pitching prospect going into last season, and for some Crickets. bizarre reason, just uh, you know had a, an incredible. Incredibly down season. Uh, we are going to take our last time out of the program right now. And in that, uh, I'm going to tell you about the Costas Inn, okay? I don't, even need, I don't even need to read off a script here. 4100 North Point Boulevard. You hear me and Craig Heiss talk about it all the times. If you needed any other reason to go to the Costas Inn, 
you know, whether it's the specials, the crab cakes, yeah. the crab soup, uh, the lobster, steamed crabs, the, the lobster, all those other specials. There's one other reason to always think about. You know that Petrie and Toffolo's, mm-hmm. what he's doing, he's running that kitchen uh, a mile a minute. He's 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 raised the overall level of the cuisine sure. at the Costas Inn. But, and you'll, you'll see Pete in the place, and you'll know he's working hard. But the greatest reason to go to the Costas Inn is to sit there and watch Nick and wonder what the heck Nick Triantafelos <laughs> does at the Costas Inn. You know what I'm talking about? It's a wonder. Anyway, he's a great friend. He and his brother Pete are terrific friends. Their mom and dad are wonderful people. It's like a family atmosphere there. If you are thinking of going for steamed crabs, you won't get them any better anywhere else, okay? I know there are a lot of other places that are good, but you won't get them any better than the Costas Inn. But make sure you call first at 410-477-1975 so you can um, reserve your crabs. Because if you don't reserve your crabs, you're going to get shut out, all right? Lots of great great events coming up in the Live Event Center at Live Casino Hotel during the rest of 2019. That reminds me to mention that you're watching this show or listening to the show from the Live Casino Hotel studio, including in these shows is an incredible show coming up. Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Michael Bolton on Saturday, November 30th. The doors open at 830 Tickets start at $45.50. That's right. You heard it right. $45.50. Get your tickets now by going to Live Casino Hotel, uh, livecasinohotel.com. We'll take a time out, and we'll be back to close the show out in just a few minutes. Pressbox's Project Game Day is back, as we'll be with you to react immediately during and after every Baltimore football game this season. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime with various guests joining him the moment the game wraps up, including the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Pressbox's Ken Zalis, and Eric Arditi from Barstool Sports. Pressbox's Project Game Day is made possible by great partners, Costa Sid, Wise Markets, Glen Burnie Transmissions, Glory Days Grill, and the U.S. Army. Like Pressbox on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sports and watch Project Game Day there every game day this season. I like world-famous chicken. You like world-famous chicken. We all like Royal Farms world-famous chicken. Why? Because Royal Farms world-famous chicken's always fresh, never frozen. Because it's hand-dipped in a secret recipe of herbs and spices. Because it's cooked on the spot, right in the store. And because it's the juiciest, best-tasting chicken on the planet. That's why everyone likes Royal Farms world-famous chicken. Western fries, too. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. This is Ross Grimsley with a reminder to all my baseball friends out there that I'm now part of the Press Box podcast team. Catch my take on the O's and whatever's going on in this great game of baseball. We'll also touch base with some of my old friends and teammates. Tune in every Tuesday morning or listen anytime at PressBoxOnline.com slash Ross Grimsley Show. Respect. It's more than a word. In the U.S. Army, it is one of our core values, earned through selfless service to our nation and making a difference both at home and abroad. On the Army team, respect is earned daily. And now, in addition to earning respect, you may earn up to $40,000 in bonuses if you qualify. To learn more, visit GoArmy.com slash bonus or call 1-800-USA-ARMY. Paid for by the U.S. Army. 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our annual college basketball preview issue on the cover. Brooks DeBose looks at the Mount St. Joe duo of Jalen Sticksmith and Daryl Morsell as two kids from Baltimore look to lead Maryland back to prominence this season. You'll also find full previews for men's and women's hoops in the area, including Towson, UMBC Loyola, Morgan Coppin, and more. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores you can also find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square offers a better way to tailgate with football and nuggets. You can now pick up a 30-count Chick-fil-A nugget in a football-shaped container, and if it would be helpful, Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square can half-cook it, leaving you the opportunity to heat it the rest of the way just in time for your party. And now Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square offers their three-cheese mac and cheese, cheddar, parmesan, and romano combined in this classic side, baked fresh in the restaurant. Download the Chick-fil-A app, place your order, and pile up Chick-fil-A bonus points, good for free food. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square, 5198 Campbell Boulevard. Call Steve if you'd like your party catered by Chick-fil-A. 410-931-0031. Chick-fil-A Nottingham Square. All right, we are back. By the way, get a load of this. An hour ago, Mo Gabba on his Facebook page. Page posted this. Around this time, two years ago, I was in Johns Hopkins trying to get rid of that punk cancer. I got seizures and was stuck there for the holidays. Not a good time, I must say. With your guys' help, I am almost there. Hashtag most strong. Uh, So far, Kristen Kristen Hudak with the Orioles, Eric Arditi Arditi with uh, Barstool Sports. And 49 others have liked and shared that. I'm liking it and sharing it right now. Okay? Uh, That's really great. Mo is too much. Yeah. We we were blessed to have him on the show today. No doubt. Um, I do have one more thing I have to talk about, and that is Project Game Day. Off this week. Do I need to read it off of this? I I know enough about it. For free, yeah. Yeah. Project Game Day, every Raven Sunday – or th- in the case of Thursday night game or, or Monday Ravens night game. game day. Yeah, every Ravens game day. At halftime, Glenn Clark will be on here on Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. And then immediately after the game, he will be on and also will have – he's never asked me, by the way. Well, he asked Drew Forrester. He likes to be the smartest guy in the room. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes me feel yeah. good. So that's why he doesn't – why he keeps me, me around, yeah. Right. <laughs> Anyway, he's had Drew Forrester, Eric Arditi, uh, the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, uh, has as his uh, co-host. Uh, what do they stay on for about an hour and fifteen minutes? As long as the game requires. Yeah. <laughs> so as long as you want to talk, uh, Project Game Day is there. So join him, uh, and it's brought to you. You know why I do have to go here? Because well, I it's brought to you by. I, I know it's brought to you by Wise Markets. Indeed. Glory Days. Indeed. Grill. <laughs> Hold on. I'm Project, here it is. Project Game Day, and it's by great partners like Glory Days Grill, Costas Inn, Wise Markets, Glen Burnie Transmissions, and the U.S. Army. So uh, like PressBox on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sports and watch Project Game Day there every game day this season. 
So next game day will be what? Next Sunday night, Kyle, November 3rd? That's the truth. Against the big Patriots. One. That's a big one. And then November 10th, we go to Cincinnati to play the Bengals. All right. Do you have a game you really like this week? Uh, for the actual viewing is concerned? Yeah, viewing um, or betting. Betting, this is a really down week, frankly. Uh, the Buffalo-Philly game is the most interesting one, I think, mm-hmm. because both teams are good football capable, game. right? I think Buffalo being home, they're favored by one and a half. Um, other than that, it's kind of a dud week as far as games are concerned. The now, the Sunday night game would have been great interesting had Mahomes game. Well, played, it would have been it would have been great because they're healthy. also in those State Farm commercials together, Pat Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. But you know something? It'll be interesting to see how Kansas City, a good football team, can usually take adversity and sort of spit in its eye the way Moe handles cancer uh, and fight on, and it'll be interesting. I always liked Matt Moore when he was the backup quarterback in Miami. Um, the way the Packers are playing, though, and there's a slew of injuries for the Chiefs, I think they're going to be a little bit shorthanded. Yeah. Um, Packers have a lot of momentum right now, it yeah. certainly appears. Rodgers is playing his butt off. And they're four-and-a-half-point favorites over Kansas City, but worth a watch tonight. But I'll be at the uh, – um, well, no, I'll be home watching the World Series game tomorrow night. I was thinking <laughs> tonight, today feels like a Sunday. Hey, thank you for filling hey, in for Ryan. It's a pleasure. Kyle and uh, Glenn will be back on Monday through Friday, 10 to 2, right here, same place, uh, in the live Casino Hotel Studios. That's it for this Saturday. We thank you for tuning in. It's not too late to give us that like and share that propel our numbers upward and onward. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the uh, Ravens bye week and the World Series.